Recognized nationally for excellence in clinical care, Lord's Health System. It's time for Lord's Health Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. A number of gastrointestinal conditions involve allergic reactions or intolerances to various foods, and these can pose serious problems for the millions who suffer from them. My guest today is Dr. Robert Schmutz. He's a gastroenterologist with Lord's Medical Center of Burlington County. Dr. Schmutz, what is the difference between a food intolerance and an allergy? Sure. Uh, well, an allergy, um, when it, in terms of a food allergy, is when there is an actual antibody, when there's an actual reaction uh, that someone's body is forming against a uh, uh, particle or food, uh, whereas an intolerance uh, is, is different in the sense that if someone does not produce an antibody where their body actually has a quantifiable, measurable reaction to a substance, but where for sometimes reasons that we haven't completely um, discovered, um, that their body, whether it's because of the bacteria makeup of their digestive tract, whether it's some type of genetic uh, either marker or intolerance that we have yet to be able to identify, they're unable to um, tolerate that substance. So then what do people feel? What are the symptoms? Because we all get bloated for time to time, and we all feel full or have some of these nauseous feelings. But how do you know if it's an intolerance or an allergy or something more severe? Exactly. And and that can be very difficult. And that's why, um, you know, presenting to a gastroenterologist could be a very important step in trying to flush this out. Because like you said, Bloating, you know, nausea, uh, sometimes diarrhea, sometimes, um, you know, feeling fatigued, uh, a, a vague rash. Um, a lot of times people may have one of those things. Sometimes people present to their gastroenterologist and they're surprised when we start asking questions about those types of manifestations of a problem because sometimes we don't even think that that's linked uh, to what's going on. And that's why, you know, presenting to a gastroenterologist for these kinds of issues um, is important because when you sit down with a gastroenterologist and they're able to parse out along with you, um, you know, what particular foods might be bothering you, what particular symptoms you might be having, that kind of helps narrow it down. And then, you know, sometimes that's coupled either with things like food journals, uh, blood work, biopsies of the digestive tract. Um, to really flush out what is the issue. Is it an allergy? Is it an intolerance? Uh, is there maybe something else going on? You know, sometimes it isn't the digestive tract, um, but oftentimes that needs to be excluded before you could start thinking about other areas. So let's talk about some of the specific conditions. We've all heard about lactose intolerance. We're hearing so much in the media about gluten, and even the word celiac pops up. Tell us what these are, and what are some of the specifics of them, and then we'll get into some of the treatments. Sure. So um, lactose intolerance has been around for quite a while. It's very well known, um, and it's out there. Uh, lactose intolerance, you can either be a primary lactose intolerant person, you could be a secondary lactose intolerant person. Some folks um, are born lactose intolerant, which is not the same as uh, when you hear about infants who have like a milk intolerance. Uh, milk intolerance in infants oftentimes they'll outgrow, not always, but, but most often. Uh, but there are some folks even from an early age are not able to handle dairy products. 
And um, those people who are secondary lactose intolerant folks, people who develop it over a period of time, those are the folks who lose their lactase, their brush border enzyme, uh, which is by far and uh, away the more common lactose intolerance. Um, and those are, like I said, those are people who lose their ability to tolerate lactose coming into their, their system. Um, now, something like lactose intolerance oftentimes can be diagnosed multiple different ways. Uh, sometimes folks will come in already saying, you know, listen, I looked into this, and when I had all these symptoms of bloating or nauseousness or diarrhea, uh, and then I cut dairy out of my diet, and then I felt better, sometimes that's enough to say, you know what, it, it, it seems like it's lactose intolerance. Sometimes people need further testing. Uh, they can have what we call breath testing, uh, where we do that in an office setting where we're trying to see if we develop uh, if the patient develops symptoms to a lactose load that they drink. Um, sometimes we'll do biopsies uh, where we're looking at the, the brush border and the uh, small intestine. So, you know, it, once that is established, once you go through with the gastroenterologist, then you can talk about, you know, ways to deal with that. Um, sometimes folks who are secondary lactose intolerant uh, individuals can handle certain dairies. They might be able to handle hard cheeses, but not soft cheeses. They might be able to handle frozen yogurt, but not ice cream. Um, but that's something that needs to get, you know, flushed out uh, in collaboration with a doctor. Now, celiac disease, which is you know, like you were saying, very much out there right now and everyone's talking about it. Really, when we talk about celiac disease, we should talk about celiac disease and also gluten sensitivity. Celiac disease is the recognized disease where folks develop antibodies to gluten, and these can be measured in the blood work. So uh, when individuals come in uh, with symptoms where I'm concerned about celiac disease, we're sending off blood work uh, testing for these antibodies. Uh, these can then be followed up with biopsies of the small intestines, uh, looking for specific things in the biopsies that supported a diagnosis of celiac disease. Uh, likewise, these individuals will uh, respond to a gluten-free diet. However, um, sometimes what you will come across is individual will come in, um, you'll go through, let's say, a food journal with them, and it'll seem like, you know, gluten seems to be, play a big role in their symptom. Uh, but you might do blood work and they don't come back positive for uh, celiac antibodies. You may even do biopsies and they don't show evidence of celiac disease on the biopsies, but um, they respond to this gluten-free diet. And in the GI uh, literature, we are recognizing that there is something called gluten insensitivity. And part of this, you know, maybe we don't have all the information yet. Maybe there's some type of genetic material abnormality that science has gotten to the point where we're able to test and quantify that. Maybe there's something genetic going on in the individual. But what we do recognize is there are a lot of people out there that will respond to a gluten-free diet who may not come back as a celiac patient. So then let's talk about treatment options. As you've said, you know, gluten avoidance or certain dairies. I mean, knowing your triggers would certainly seem to be the most important part of this. It can often be very difficult to go out to dinner, to parties. What do you tell patients about these treatment options and managing whatever it is that they've got as far as food intolerance or sensitivity or celiac? Well, in, in terms of trying to counsel patients on that, the, the first and most important thing that I can do as a provider is be empathetic uh, because 
I, I totally get this question, and I deal with it probably on a daily basis. It can be sometimes very cumbersome. It can be very difficult. You know, someone's having a graduation party or, you know, you're going to a wedding and, you know, you're worried that you're going to show up and, you know, are you going to need to know where all the bathrooms are? Are you going to have to take an emodium or something before you go? And it can be very difficult. And, you know, the the first and second job I probably have as, as a treating physician to these individuals is to be empathetic. I, I, I understand the, the best that we can try and do is to try and modify the diet, to make arrangements where and how you can, when you cannot, um, to try and have contingency plans, backup plans. Um, you know, in terms of something like lactose intolerance, I mean, it's a little bit easier because if you have a, a secondary lactose intolerant person, they, they're the individual who might respond to lactose um, replacement, you know, lactate, lactase enzyme replacement that you can pick up even over the counter at the pharmacy. Um, a lot of individuals will be able to do that, including some of my family members. You know, you want to have some ice cream, you pack a, you, you, you pop one of those pills, um, and oftentimes you can enjoy that and not have to, you know, have any problems afterwards. Gluten is, is tougher. You know, gluten's in a lot of things. I, I think as a society, uh, even in the last five, ten years, we've gotten a lot better about having gluten-free options. Um, but it is it is difficult. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Wow. Well, it certainly is, and it's something that, you know, people are learning to live and manage with and new products on the market and foods that are gluten-free and such. But wrap it up for us, Dr. Schmutz, with your best advice about what life is like for patients and what you tell them about the symptoms and symptom management, getting the proper diagnoses, which is certainly very important, and what you'd like them to know about seeing a gastroenterologist to get this all figured out. Of course. What I want to tell you is you, you definitely need to make sure that you find a partner in your care. Oftentimes, when I'm seeing patients, it's a little bit down the road in their journey. Oftentimes, I have patients who are coming in who are just fatigued uh, on dealing with their symptoms. They're fatigued on dealing with any stigma, um, and they're tired, you know, and, and they want someone to understand, and they would like some answers. Um, a lot of times, they're, they're frustrated, and... I would say that more than half the time, getting the answer, saying to someone, this is the problem, now this is where we focus. I've had that conversation with, indiv conversation with individuals where you can see stress melting away from them. And if there's one thing I could say, it's you got to make sure that you establish a good relationship and that you got to stay on top of things. I mean, one of, one of the biggest things I, I always stress with individuals who come in to see me um, when they're coming in with these symptoms that we said that can sometimes be nonspecific, is keeping journals of the symptoms and what is going on. You know, because we were saying some of these symptoms are nonspecific, nausea, bloating. I mean, sometimes you think someone has a food intolerance. Sometimes people have irritable bowel syndrome. Sometimes there could be rare other things going on. So you need to parse that out. Once that diagnosis is established, though, um, I... I tend to see that a lot of folks are a lot happier and they're a lot more willing um, to go about that treatment because if they're seeing that response, if they're doing well and they're feeling well, that, that fuels them to keep going. 
what I would say is it's really important when you're dealing with these symptoms to get in to see a, a gastroenterologist. And uh, myself and the other docs here at, at board, you know, we try to have that open dialogue and for patients to feel that they can come in, they can have a real conversation with the doc, and we can work together as a team to try and get them answers and get them onto the road of feeling better and doing better. Great information and so important. It's such a, a big topic in the media today, Dr. Schmutz. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise and explaining these food intolerances and sensitivities to us and what treatment options are out there. This is Lord's Health Talk. For more information, please visit lordsnet.org. That's lordsnet.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.